But I'm going to share some of them with you, and, and I do recommend them. I'm going to share with you about the Bible, about prayer, about church, and about God. About the Bible. Read it. Scripture says to let the word of God dwell in you richly, like be at home in you. So like if God's word's going to be at home in me, I, I just need to read it. And if there's days that go by that I haven't read it, I always know where I am. And that's what I would recommend. Like, say, okay, right now, or I'm going to read the New... Right, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm reading the New Testament till I'm done. However long it takes me. And I'm in 2 Timothy right now. So I know where to go. I have a bookmark. And I know kind of my plan. And then when I get to the end of Revelation, I'll be like, okay, now what are we going to do? When your eye spent like six months in Psalm 119, two verses a day, it was pretty cool. One year I just soaked in John, like this is just what I'm going to do. But like maybe you'll start reading Exodus because that's what you're going to talk about here. And you just read it as long as it takes and then you're done and he's still preaching. So you start over again, but read it. Secondly, eat it because it's spiritual food. And sometimes just like food, you have this amazing meal and it tastes so good and it's so beautiful and you just love every bite. Some passages are like that at some times and other times it's a bowl of oatmeal which I love, but, you know, it's oatmeal. Just eat it. It doesn't have to be amazing, but it's food. So you eat it. And sometimes, like, uh, you snack. My mother told me this when I had young children. We have four children that are now grown. Um, Youngest is here. But when they were little, and I just, like, couldn't figure out how to read the Bible, my mom said, oh, just grab the snatches. You know, a verse here, a verse there. You know, like stick it up on the, above my sink or whatever. But not to be worried and panicked, just to keep eating. So read it, eat it, and listen for God's heart in it. I mean, I remember reading in Jeremiah and being like, whoa, like this is, I, I don't know, it was kind of a, it's dramatic. And then and it's like God said, just listen for my heart. And then, oh, it got really fascinating And then repeat. This is how you roll. Just keep doing it. About prayer. Here's my philosophy on prayer. Pray anytime, anywhere, about anything. Ephesians 6, 18 says, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Like was expressed in this poem, we are not a bother to God. He cares about every little detail The Bible says that he numbers the hair on my head. And then I go brush it and he recounts. I mean, it doesn't say that second part, but he does say he's counted the hairs on my head. I mean, if that's not attention to detail, so whatever it is that I care about, I just trust that he cares about it too. And we're in conversation all day long. Remember the grand narrative as, um, oh, remember the grand narrative is for the Bible. Prayer, two things with prayer. Pray like a child, first of all, that's talking to your father who loves you. And pray like a priest. Because the Bible says in Philippians that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God so that we may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his light. Now, this is how I do this. Um, 
I'm not saying it's how you need to do it, but, but I, you know, a priest, like, talks to God about people and talks to people about God, right? And Jesus is our high priest once and for all, but he, it does say that we're a royal priesthood. And we can walk right into the throne room of heaven at any time. It says, for our time of need, and you know, mine's 24-7, so any time, I can walk right into the throne room of heaven. Well, I have this thing that I like to do when I drive, and like pray for people I don't know, somebody standing on the corner, and I'll just be like, oh Lord, I think that person needs encouragement today. I think, like, and I'm, I mean, I don't stop my car, but I'm just praying as I go along. It's fun. <laughs> it is. Oh Lord, show that person that you love them today. I'm standing in line at the grocery store and some child is getting yelled at by their parents in front of me. And I can stand there and pray that that child would somehow hear God's voice. That they would know how important they are, how treasured they are, and that God would help that parent to get regulated, you know? So I get to have a part in their story they don't know, but God knows. Pray like a priest wherever you are. About church. You're doing it. Show up. Show up. Receive. Enjoy this amazing music. Somebody's smile. But also there's something that every one of us can give today. Being here. And maybe you're the one that's going to smile at somebody else and show them that they're seen. Maybe you'll just have a short conversation or you'll see just how cute their kid is today. But here's something else that I think is fun, and that is during communion. There's a verse in Isaiah that's about the prophecy of Jesus, and it says, by his stripes we are healed, meaning by his death, by his blood, we're healed. So during communion, often, as people are coming up, I pick a person to pray for their healing. I don't know them. I might not know their name. And it's not even that they're sick, but somehow all of us need healing in some area, don't we? And so that's part of what I can give when I come to church on Sunday morning. About God. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he's over us, with us, and in us. The Bible says if we've put our faith in Christ, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That means everywhere I go, every room I walk into, every conversation I have, God's there. It's this embodied experience that he lets us have. With him inside of us, he chooses to make his home in us. And the Bible says the Spirit moves like the wind. We can't control it. But this is also interesting. It says we can also move him because we can quench the spirit. We can go, no thanks. And we can also grieve the, the spirit and make him sad. So I think that's kind of a lot of power that God entrusted to us. This honor that he says, I want to be with you always. I'm going to live inside of you. But then he also gives us this respectful power that we can influence his movement. So I want to listen for his voice. And here's the thing about God's voice. It's always clear. He knows how to use whatever language we speak. It's clear. It's always kind. 
It could be corrective of a behavior, but it will never assault your dignity. It can be directive. I think it'd be good if you did this right now. But it will never be mean, accusing, twisted, demeaning, or slanderous. That is the voice of the evil one. These verses talked about the evil one, that God's going to protect us from the evil one. One of the ways he protects us is because we learn to listen and know um, God doesn't talk to his kids like that. And so I'm not paying attention. He's going to strengthen us and protect us. So we pay attention to his, to his voice and we pay attention to the prompts and we follow them. Just um, last week, I think it was the week before, I was doing a paper for school. I needed coffee. I needed a break. Got in the car to do a Starbucks run. And as I was driving through our neighborhood, I passed the street where one of our neighbors has terminal cancer. And um, we've brought them food a couple times and prayed for them. Different. Anyway, I'm driving by and I'm like, oh, I need to, I should, pro- I should, pro-. and then I just hear this, well, what if they want Starbucks? And I'm like, well, well, I've got a paper to do. And, you know, what if I get in there and I start talking and it takes a long time, da, 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 da. like, here's a clue. If you have to talk God out of what he just said to you, you should probably just do it. Like, just do what he said, because that'll be, like, streamlined, simpler. So finally caught on a block down and turned around and came back and stopped and just knocked on the door. I'm on my way to Starbucks. Can I get you anything? And she said, no, this is the the wife of the man. And I said, okay, well... I just want you to know I'm thinking about you. Oh, thank you. Very, very kind people. And I said, can I pray for you? Oh, please do. So I got to put my arms around her and pray for her and her family as they suffer. I can't make it better. I can't take the suffering away. But the Spirit said, go just go be there. Just offer presence for just a little bit. I mean, he didn't say it in those words. He just said, what if they want Starbucks? That's enough. Now, these might not be dramatic, but the small practices and decisions of every day are what prepare us for the dramatic. They're what prepare us for crises, and they are worthy steps. Putting one foot in front of the other is holy work. And this takes us to our final point in this message um, and this passage about how we hold our space and keep moving forward, not running around, not messing around, but walking worthy of his calling. He called us to stay the course. In chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, we have confidence in the Lord that you're doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. We talked already about God's love a little bit, but let's think about it again. David and I have five grandchildren, and the youngest was born this summer. There is nothing he has done to make me love him. And I love him so much. We don't get tired of looking at him, 
And we want our daughter-in-law and uh, our daughter and son-in-law to send Snapchats every day, like several times a day with pictures. Because like, as you see on this one, um, look, he's, he's holding his head up, you know, like, and we, look, look at that, look at that. Did you see what he did? Did that make me love him? No. It's because I love him that I'm so delighted in every step he takes. I mean, every movement forward as he grows and is just where he's supposed to be right now. When he was born, after his parents said hello to him, uh, I did what I've done for all the other grandchildren that I got to watch be born. I got my face in as close as I could, and I said, Louis, Grandma loves you so much, and I will always love you. For our grandson who was adopted from India, I started praying for him before he was born, and here's what I'd always pray. God, please let him know how much he is loved. Now, my mother love and my grandma love, I mean, it's fierce, <laughs> but it is just a taste of the love that God has for each of us, his children his beloved. God's love is unconditional, unshakable, undeniable, and unending. God's love is unconditional, unshakable, undeniable, and unending. Christ's perseverance. Jesus doesn't ask us to do what he hasn't already done. It's part of the reason he came to us through a womb, through a birth and a life and a death and a resurrection all on the planet. In heaven, he still inhabits a human body. He honored us by creating us and by becoming one of us. Hebrews 12 says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such, such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I have lived long enough. This is something my generation can offer that I've had the privilege of witnessing long, faithful journeys with God. My parents had journeys like that. The founders of Cadence International had journeys like that. So many others. This holding our space and moving forward with Jesus in our journey, it is possible. It's doable. It's wonderful. It's honorable. It's worthy. Last week, one of our friends went to heaven. Dave Youngward finished his two-year battle with cancer and his long race of loving and following Jesus and sharing him with lots of people. He was the campus pastor at CCU for about the last eight years. Ten days before he died, he texted this to my husband. Thanks for your love and support, David. Your prayers mean a lot. I'm in a day-by-day -day journey, hoping God will call me soon to be with him. I'm so ready, just waiting. Love you, bro. And a few days later, I was texting his wife. 
And she said, I do appreciate your thoughts and prayers. I need it as I try to see Dave safely and comfortably home. He's now on oxycodone for pain, so it keeps him groggy and sleeping all day. No appetite and language quite slurred. I feel like he's getting close, but not quite at heaven's door. We'll wait, of course, for God's perfect moment. Dot, dot, dot. I love that Debbie put ellipsis at the end of her message. Because until God calls us home, our story is still being written. In the poem I read earlier, it ended with these lines about Jesus. He's not going anywhere, not without you. And as we close our time in these verses this morning, I would like for us to think about us not going anywhere without Jesus. Because he's with us in the suffering. He's with us in the scary. And he's even with us in the messing around. In the space he's called us to and in our stories. But we do have freedom to choose. As we think about the Lord directing our hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance, I'll close with a poem that I wrote about a year ago, and it's called We Stay. We stay on the planet, called to live here. Time short and precious, our lifespan is dear. We stay in these bodies created by God. Vessel and temple, dust and blood-bought. We stay in our family, covenant-bound, learning to love well with integrity found. We stay in community, dear bride of Christ, persevering, forgiving, for her beauty we fight. We stay in the kingdom on earth as in heaven, our stories proclaiming true life is in him. We stay through the challenge, the hurt, and the loss. Our eyes fixed on Jesus, we take up our cross. We stay not alone, for the Spirit has come. His breath is our guide, and our hearts are his home. We stay all the way until it is our day. When God calls us to glory, and says to us, stay. Let's pray, and we'll ask those who are taking the offering and leading us in communion to come forward. Well, God, I just talked a lot. And I thank you for the honor of getting to do that. But um, I want to hear your heart. I want my brothers and sisters in this room to hear your heart and to connect with it and to walk forward with more courage, more confidence, more certainty before you, Lord, because you are true and you are love. So I thank you. And I pray all this in the name of Jesus.